For those of you who may not know, it's pros and cons time. <laughs> Mr. Smith? Hey, who's that? David Zakopakarakis. Wrong. Yeah, the bloody hell do you say that? Pros and cons. What is going on, everybody? Hello, Daniel. Episode six. Welcome now. to the pros and the cons. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yes, thank you for for listening again. We got a big episode today, mate. Big episode, mate. We're gonna get straight into the pros and the cons. Ooh, pros and the cons. How, we've only got one pro and one con today. One we're, pro, one con each today. I yeah. think we keep it pretty short and sharp because so, today on the episode we have Steph Claire Smith joining us. That so, is a massive get for us. Yes, can't Steph wait. Steph Claire Smith. She's a business mogul. Huge. Massive following, massive amount of businesses. I mean, she can have different titles. Like you can have, she's a model, influencer, business mogul. We're, we're going yeah, with mogul. We're going she's with building mogul. an empire. Yes. Uh, and and just she does a lot of things. Got her hands in a lot of pies. Starting up a lot of businesses. So very much looking forward to that chat. Yeah, came for that. Let's get straight into the pros and the cons of the week. Awesome. Do you ever weigh out the pros and cons before you decide? Yes, yes absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be. Shit. Weigh the good with the bad. It's time for pros and cons. It's pros and cons time. So one pro, one con from both of us today. Just one. I'm going to do the con. So let's start with your pro, mate. The pro. All right. So my pro for this week, and I played a little bit of video games when I was a kid. So my pro is titled online gaming. Okay. That's my pro. It's got a title. Yeah. So online gaming. So I played a little bit of FIFA, a little bit of uh, oh, what GDA when I was a kid, all yep. that kind of stuff. But yep. I mean, FIFA obviously got online gaming as it continued. We used uh, to play Fight Night, you we, and I. Yeah, and we used to play Fight Night. Yeah, That's right. remember we that? Did. Yes, I do remember. We used to beat you every time. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. With Butterbean. You, you didn't even know. Oh, with um, Butterbean. <laughs> yeah, mate. I, I could beat you as Mike Tyson with Butterbean. Yeah, I did. With, uh, yeah. with my king hit joystick yeah. move. Yeah, you probably did. Um, <laughs> but, but, mate, massive news last week. Pro online gaming that the winner of the Fortnite. So FIFA have a tournament. Now, obviously, all the games being created like Fortnite and the like that online just purely streaming games that uh, people play. And the winner of the Fortnite tournament last week, Kyle Booker Gierdorf, I think his name (laughs) is. Did you get that right? Yeah, (laughs) I think. Yeah, Gierdorf or Gierdorf. Kyle Booker Gierdorf. He can have whatever name he wants now. Now, he won $3 million prize money, right? Now, put it in context, Daniel, all right? $3 million, he's 16 years old. Two million people watched, by the way, watched this guy on Fortnite, play Fortnite, all right? So, to put it into context, though, so he makes more money by winning that tournament than any sport fan out here listening. Tiger Woods won at the Masters, more prize money than Tiger Woods won at the Masters, which is the biggest tournament in golf, he won more money than Djokovic won just recently at Wimbledon, which is one of the biggest, well, if not the biggest uh, tennis tournament. He, he earns more money or won more money than Melvin Gordon, who for our NFL fans earns in a single season. And for our Major League Baseball fans, Cody Ballinger, who's pretty big in Major League Baseball, earns more than him than what he does in a single season. That bloke plays 162 games over the span <laughs> of six months. This and guy's played one game on what I mean, get like what, well, what do they play on PlayStation? Well, I don't, I guess. I don't know. Computer, PlayStation, Computer, Xbox, whatever something. it is. But he has earned more money than all those blokes. It's unbelievable. I'm it's, on him. It's That's massive. a good pro. So, so you grow you grow up. You know your parents just get off the games. Don't 
don't go playing <laughs> PlayStation. Get off the PlayStation. Imagine being his mum. Imagine being his mum. Get outside. You are not going <laughs> to earn any money playing video games. And it's like, well, actually. <laughs> Sorry, mum, but three point three million. What was it? Three point. Well, three million dollars. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. If that's. I think it's US, Ameri- yeah, US. US yeah. So it's, it's even more Aussie. That's uh, crazy. But I remember. I remember my mum as a kid uh, used to say, "Yeah, get off the PlayStation. NBA '99. Stop playing NBA '99. Yeah. Get outside and kick the foot in." Which is eventually what I did, uh, and it looked after me. But hey, if video games nowadays. When you're a kid, you don't. You, as a parent, you actually don't have that. Yeah. Excuse. How do you? How do you uh, parent that now? You can't like. If if a kid more loves money. it, if a kid loves it, and this is, I think this is a good thing because if it, if someone wants to do something they love, yep. you can. Like, there's always going to be something now. There's always an industry you can fall yourself into as long as you're passionate about it and you work hard at it. But if that if we told our parents that when we were growing up, nah, mum, don't stress. I don't need to worry about my homework, and no, I'm not going to go outside. <laughs> I'm not going to get exercise. I'm going to be a professional gamer, and I'm going to make three million dollars. Mm. She would have told me to go get a job, you mess. Like yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's interesting the dynamic is changing over the last couple of years and yeah, people, people can make a lot of money through online gaming. That's not to say kids don't go outside and, and kick the footy and that. You, there's always a good balance, but there's a lot of money in online gaming. Maybe we should start playing. Maybe we should, but I think I think it's past my time, mate. My my thumbs from footy are cooked, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I don't think I'll, my thumbs and fingers. So I don't right. think I'll be able to hold, oh, hold a remote. I won't be any good at it. I'd, People watch you though. You can make money just by people watching you. True, you can. You can stream. Well, people stream now their online gaming and and they stream their actions. So they they don't even have the actual game on the screen. It's just more them. you playing it, them playing. Yeah, so yourself playing. The camera's on you. Which I know we're getting into personal here, but me and our mates, yeah. we did this. At, and I'm going to mention his name. We did this at Glenn's house in 2010. I've got videos at home of us playing FIFA and Glenn throwing the remote, Brenton cracking it, Coco <laughs> cracking it. These are all our mates here, by the way. Those guys are all cracking it. And we filmed that while we're doing yeah. it. And we were well ahead of our time. I know. We should we have put it online. I know. Yeah. Well, we can probably upload it now. We can probably See upload if anyone it wants to watch I reckon it. I'm wearing an old Troy Polamalu top. I remember that go. video at home. But yeah, so there you go. Online gaming, massive Any, pro. Anyone at the club a big gamer? Uh, I'm sure the young boys are, uh, but I'm not. Yeah, I mean, everyone loves golf at, at our club, so not really many gamers yeah. as such. They don't talk about it in the locker mm. room. It's more the golf chat, a lot of golf chat. I saw a photo, uh, an old school photo, probably when LeBron was first drafted, of him carrying around a PlayStation 2. He was carrying it with all the cords. There's, <laughs> and yes. then, so he's got all of his games in his cords. He's carrying it like getting onto the bus before he was about to go to a game. Well, I'm going to say, um, I've probably got this wrong here, but I think it was Reggie Jackson maybe from the NBA. It was one of the Detroit players and – one of them had it might have been him filming one of the younger players and yeah he had a suitcase on the team bus going to the detroit stadium ready to play basketball and he opened up the suitcase and then just had the little remote control and started playing <laughs> playstation on the team bus i think it was last year or whatever it was online but it's pretty cool that the technology the nba players are carrying suitcases which you think are full of clothes but it's actually a tv and a gaming some of the other clubs i've heard like some of the melbourne players i think are into fortnite and play it on the on the bus and stuff like there's a, few, a, few, yeah. a few players and and uh, essendon have a team of what well, i don't know what, what we have an esports team esports yes. team what, what game yes. is what game uh they're in the oceana league uh but i'm not sure the league of legends i think yeah, it's a league, yeah so they're um they're going i think they were going quite well this year mm. uh last year they didn't and they completely gutted the team and got rid of yeah. everyone and and got them aboard so where essen footy club are jumping on uh, the esports bandwagon it's but pretty cool pretty cool over to your con mate mate my con for this week is to do with what we spoke about last week which is your missed goal now that's not my con obviously that was a con but yep um the, the goal that they didn't call uh that that clearly 
crossed the line yep. and that the umpires called play on and they didn't overturn it. Some bloke had put a multi on. Yep. Every leg he got right. And the only one that didn't get across was that Mr. David Zarakis would kick a goal, any goal at any time in the game. And he would have won 12 grand. 12 grand. 12 grand if he got it. So my con con is the Uh, fact that that goal didn't get get called so that this guy, don't know his name, uh, could have won 12 grand off your boot. So you didn't get the stat. That's a con. But this guy didn't win 12 grand because your goal didn't get. Ooh, now, I don't know the platform that that was on, whether it was Sportsbet, Crownbet, whatever. But surely if you're that betting agency, got to pay it out. got to pay it out. Yeah. Like you, it's clearly a mistake. The, the, the AFL came out or, or there was an article that said that they accepted that that was a goal and it was just human error, which is yeah. fine. Uh, but if, if that had then happened, surely – because, I mean, you see that the betting agencies pay out. Like they might pay out early tournament winners of – um, a, a, a soccer tournament or, or a tennis tournament or the AFL season if someone's jumping yep. ahead massively they pay out that they're going to make finals or Brownlow that kind of thing so surely if they if you can give out money in that sense you're going to give this punter the 12 grand give him his 12k I reckon give him his let's money let's find out who it is and let's see if he gets gets anything I reckon yep. yeah, write in if you know who he is and yep. I want to I want to talk to him we might get him on the phone and, and see. see if they've paid up yeah so that's my con of the week mate alright done alright up now we have uh, we are joined by Steph Claire Smith, uh, most known for having 1.4 million followers. It's on a lot Instagram. more than me and you, mate. Uh, uh, so much more. She. I don't think <laughs> we'll ever drop get in there. the ocean. <laughs> um, but on top of that, not only a model slash influencer um, that you'd call him now, but also business mogul, yes. owner of. Keep It Cleaner, which is a fitness and sort of lifestyle health platform. Midnight Co. Midnight Co., which is, I think, a swimwear brand. Um, Yes, you you would know very well. (laughs) (laughs) Would Um, I? uh, No. Soda Shades. Soda Shades, Which is the Sunnies. Sunnies. Very Um, cool Sunnies, they are. Cool Sunnies. Have a look on Instagram, Soda Shades. Soda Shades. So, a business mogul, amazing uh, person. I've worked with her uh, a lot before in the industry and she's an awesome person. Probably the most talked about or asked about uh, person uh, in the industry that yep. I get from clients. Yep. So people always ask, oh, can we use Steph Claire Smith for this? Or how much is she going to cost? Or can we get her to post on Instagram? So I'm super excited to get her in to chat to her about business, about life, about where she's at with all that sort of stuff and ask her about some of these Instagram changes we've got going on um, and fame in general. I'm going to quiz her, mate, on some Essendon, yeah. Essendon trivia. So She's I'd a heard, big Bombers yes, fan. So big, massive Bombers fan. Her old man's a massive Bombers fan. So let's hope he's taught us some knowledge about the footy club and uh, I'm looking forward to testing her about it. All right, let's get into it. Steph, how are you doing? <laughs> how are you? Good. Good. How are you going? Good. I'm Thanks good. for joining us. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, and I know no one can see me because it's a podcast. Oh, actually, you are filming. Filming, yes. <laughs> I'm dressed up for once. I was, I'm usually my active wear, so oh, it's a well, thank for you. you guys. Thank you so much for dressing up for the, <laughs> for the, for the audio <laughs> I know. that we record. No, mm. that's awesome. How's things? Good. Really good. Um, everything's going really good. Busy, but liking it. Yeah? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Are, you, are you liking the room in here or do you reckon we need some, some artwork? It's pretty plain. <laughs> it's fine. At the moment. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but you, Dave, you, you promised me, Daniel, I you know. did promise me you know today what? that there would be... Artwork. We've up. got we've got artwork coming. It was supposed to be here by now. It it isn't. It'll be here by next week. Okay. All right. Um. 
Yes, so sorry for the plain white there's walls. Some, there. There's yeah. some artwork coming, um, which I'm excited about. I've been waiting for this these two pieces for a while. I'm excited. Yeah, um, we're very excited. But let's get stuck into you, Okay, Steph. sure. Yeah, let's yes. not talk about the room. Yes, we can get talking about the room about if you like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the listeners will get FOMO. Yeah, yes. Definitely. Well, they, you can watch it. We'll <laughs> put it out there and you can just look at the room. <laughs> uh, now, before we get stuck into everything that you're doing currently right now, mm-hmm. we want to just know a little bit of background mm-hmm. uh, into you. You've obviously got 1.4 million followers <laughs> on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, but... Where did it all begin, uh, Steph? Where are you from? Uh, a little bit about your family background, mm-hmm. uh, just for our listeners to get to know a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Melbourne. I'm 25 and I love Melbourne. I've, I've been really fortunate um, to travel to pretty much everywhere in the world and it's still my favourite place in the world. Um, bit of family background. I'm really, really close with my family. I've got an older brother Murray, who we've always been close. My mum always said it was funny. Um, we had family friends and the siblings never got along and she just never had that with us. Um, I think it's just because I looked up to him so much and I just wanted to be exactly <laughs> like him um, my whole childhood. Um, and then my dad, uh, he's just loud, funny, really confident, um, outspoken guy. Massive he's Bombers fan. Massive you? Bombers mm. fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Requested to come on the pod to you today? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I made sure to tell him late. <laughs> so that he did no, yeah. Um, and then mum's just like beautiful, soft, um, lovely woman. Pretty much everyone loves mum. So that's family. They're both from England, but my brother and I were born here in Australia. So half my family's in England. Nice. Half here. Nice. So now... What was your first oh, – I'm really interested in this because you obviously, yeah, you've got a lot of business interests now and a lot of jobs such and, mm-hmm. and a massive career. But where did it all begin? What was your what was your first job? Um, my first job was at Baker's Delight. Um, I worked there between 14 and nine months. I think that's how old you had to be for yep. your first job um, until I was 18. Um, loved it. I um did that and then I did also do a few like Christmas casual jobs as well for extra cash so like I think I worked at Supre and Osmosis and then I was a Boost Juice girl um what boost were you at Doncaster Westfield like outside of town (laughs) (laughs) um so I grew up in Bourne and I went to Bourne High so I was very much eastern suburbs girl my whole life um and then what else did I yeah, so then I – Boost was my last job before modelling. Um, so I finished high school and when everyone was kind of discussing what they wanted to get into or study or start work, I didn't really have a direct idea. I had um, – all my ideas were very different, you know. A part of me was really into art. I loved studio art, so I thought maybe I wanted to be a photographer. Um, and then I loved animals, thought maybe I wanted to get into something to do with them or kids. I think my biggest thing that I was thinking – Um, was to become a teacher, possibly, maybe even a PE teacher. So I was ready to go into um, – I I, I didn't get a very good score. I didn't love school. I loved school for the social part of it, but I was really not that great at putting my head down and studying. Um, And I'm a bit of a visual learner, so um, that's why things like studio art and or like health and PE and the more physical stuff I could – I did really well in and then everything else (laughs) didn't really go very well in. Have, have any teachers contacted you and, and you've gone back to them and go, well, see, I didn't really <laughs> necessarily need it all. Well, not necessarily. The only one that I've still kind of seen recently was my PE teacher. So he was like, yeah, 
<laughs> I knew that you were going to go in some sort of direction like this. Um, but one thing that I've always loved was modelling. Um, even since I was a little girl, I was really confident in front of the camera. I did it for a few years, child modelling in primary school. Um, and it was something that I dabbled with throughout high school. Just, you know, I basically would put my hand up if someone needed a model in the studio arts class or did the thing called Model Academy just to learn about the industry. But I was always kind of intrigued so when I couldn't decide what I wanted to study, I talked to mum and dad about having a gap year and working part-time and then hopefully kind of seeing what would happen if I wanted to try and do modelling. Um, and they were really supportive. They didn't want me to kind of dive into a uni subject and then fall out of love with it because they knew how my brain worked. If I wasn't interested in something, it just switched off. Um, and they were happy with me having a gap year and figuring it out and modelling just worked out. <laughs> so as a, I assume, 18-year-old kid mm. outside, so straight into the modelling uh, industry which mm. is not a necessarily uh, nice industry all the time mm. and pretty harsh on uh, I would assume harsh on young girls mm -hmm. starting out too how was that for you straight out the very start it was fine um, I've always been with Chadwick my agency now um, and yeah in my early years I was it was so fine um, Australia particularly I was always fine with my body type um, it was only when I was 20 and I decided to move overseas and I lived in the States for about 10 months. I did a couple of months in LA and then New York. That's when um, I saw the bad side of the industry just because the agencies over there, um, they were trying to kind of make me a model that I wasn't a very, very editorial kind of model and the industry and market over there is just completely different. And I knew that going into it, but I just, I didn't think it was going to be as bad or as, as brutal. Like they'll just straight out tell you to eat less or to train less or to, um, yeah, like one one agent once told me, you know, some of the girls when they're really trying to cut down will eat apples like a Coke Zero or Diet Coke and smoke to like put off the appetite. I was like, well, that sounds like freaking hell. That's your diet, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah, it's <laughs> a regular occurrence. You love the, the, and the <laughs> apples. <laughs> but, um, and I've always loved my food. So I was like, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I was always really active. So I, I, yeah, I never really thought I had an issue there. So when I had to, um, I suppose, cut down in weight, because I was there ready to model and I was so excited for the opportunity that I was going to do anything to, to get it. So I listened to them and I tried to cut down I didn't do what they told me to do, but I was a lot more strict with myself and my exercise um, routine just like tripled. Um, but I hated it. Like I hated myself. I uh, hated food. I didn't look at it the same. Um, exercise was like a punishment and it was just a really, really bad time, especially because I was by myself. I had some friends and I made some friends over there, but like my closest friends and all my family and Josh, my partner, weren't there. So that was really hard. Um, but then basically as soon as I came back to the Australian market, it got better again. So that's not to say, you know, I'm sure there's girls who have had trouble in the Australian market with it as well. The, I think the hardest thing is sometimes the pressure is um, what you put on yourself. You know, it's not always an agent that tells you that you have to do something or you have to lose weight, but constantly being compared to others or going up um, for jobs against other girls. As much as people say, you know, um, it's not a personal thing if you don't get the job, like you're just not right for that job, you'll get another one. Girls don't look at it like that and they'll just think why didn't I get it or oh, she's got that that's why and you just constantly want to work on yourself so it can be a, a big brain shit thing yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to wear that no. no I bet I, well, I'm on the other side of that a lot we do a lot of castings mm. um, and I've never thought of it that way in terms of the fact that there's people who come in and it's a they're interviewing for whereas totally. I have 15 20 people come in a day and it mm -hmm. drains your mind mm -hmm. and um, you don't really think of it that way but it's pretty obvious that that 
when you do stop and think about it, that it would be a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. So do you find that though there's a, there's a weird pressure um, of this inclusiveness in terms of being uh, open to people, people being all shapes and sizes, mm-hmm. which is great, mm-hmm. but then also someone being a who's mm-hmm. amazing and then mm-hmm. someone who's just not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, have you come across that with girls? Like that, you know, some, some people are just like, I'm not a model. Like I know. And yeah. like, and you see, you put someone in front of camera, even if they're like a 10 out of 10 amazing, good looking yeah. person in real life, you put them in front of the camera and they just don't shoot that well or they don't know how Absolutely. to move. And there's like actual work, amazing work that goes into it that people don't realize. Yeah. And I think that's where the industry needs to change. I think that's where the industry needs to be. And it is getting there, but more open to um, inclusivity in all different body types so that there is professional models who look all different types of ways, you know? Like, um, as you said, if you're trying to um, go for a different body shape that's not the, I don't know, average old school model body, then you might go for like a more real person who's not even in the modelling industry. And that's that's where you get like, you know, uncomfortable in front of the camera or not knowing any poses and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's where anyone can actually model if they if they want to and they're confident enough and they learn how to do it. Um, but it's about the industry actually bringing those people into the industry so that they can get that experience. Um, because I have gone to jobs before where, you know, a, a stylist – kind of says to me or you know we booked this girl the other day and it wasn't about inclusivity it was um someone who had a lot of following and she wasn't a model um and they were like it was the longest shoot you know it took so long to get each shot she's a beautiful girl the client purely booked her for a following but it was just it was so hard to get the shots because she hadn't really done that before she'd you know taken her own photos and all that sort of stuff but she'd never had someone else take the photos and someone else style her and it was a totally different thing. So I think, yeah, it's, it's hard. I, I totally get you from a um, when you're casting and all that sort of stuff. I mean, even me with brands and stuff, like we want to show inclusivity, but we also want to find people that can be confident and comfortable in front of the camera. Yeah, and a lot of clients try to cut corners too by mm. saying, or oh, we just want the following or we want to not pay as much for a model. And mm. the, you see the difference, like if we shoot – someone like you, which we've shot before together. And <laughs> a long time ago. A, lot, a while ago, <laughs> right? Um, but like, you know, you can use every, almost every frame when Thanks. we shoot someone <laughs> like you. It's true, it's true. And then, but then you might shoot someone else who doesn't have the experience or isn't as good on camera. And it, it literally takes double the time and then also double the amount of time to select a photo and there's a lot more time involved. Yeah. So um, I, I find it interesting, uh, the, this dynamic that's happening right now, which is obviously awesome. The inclusivity in bringing people in is obviously great. I think it started out of just the fact that uh, people would create sample clothings in one mm-hmm. size. You can only do that one mm-hmm. in one size mm-hmm. and you just had to shoot people in that size. Yep. Now it's starting to get more. Yeah, but I think it's not It's not always on the brand. I think the people, because I get blamed a lot in, in owning like things like Midnight Co and everything on not being inclusive enough. Um, and, and we're definitely working on that and we're totally conscious of it moving forward for sure. Um, it's not always on the brand though. It's It's got a lot to do with the industry. As I said before, a lot of like agencies or, um, you know, things like Model Academy or things where people are taught how to model and all that sort of stuff, they need to be more inclusive so that brands have those options of actual models of all different shapes and colours and all that sort of stuff to yeah, book. Absolutely. Is there an, uh, an underestimation uh, of the actual skill involved to become a model? Like you're speaking about um, just picking a, picking someone or from following all that kind of thing and do people actually underestimate how hard it is to actually be that? Yeah, I think um, – and I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, uh, there's obviously – 
every job has its ups and downs and its hard parts and its easier parts. Um, and there's so much uh, glamour to the modelling industry. There really is. And there's so many cool things, cool experiences. But it is bloody hard. Like it's not just, um, you know, the time alone when you have to travel or you're away from your family and friends or um, the fact that you have to be switched on and personality on every time you're in front of clients, even if you're having the worst day. If you want to get booked again, you've got to be a good personality to be around. Um, and then there's like... Um, the energy that actually, you know, when you're doing the old e-com stuff, I used to get changed a hundred times and still have to have that energy all day and it would drain you. So there's that. But then also I have always, as I said earlier, felt really natural in front of the camera and really comfortable. So for me, it was a little easier when it came to like learning poses and kind of getting my poses down bad for e-com and everything. But for other girls, it's a little harder and they've got to learn that and like get their groove. So it's not as easy as it looks and it's just more like, um, you know, get get in front of the camera yourself and give it a go yeah. and let me know well, how you go. I think that's the thing. I, I find <laughs> it it's the most underrated part of how hard it is because I think a lot of people, it, there's been that thing, oh, model says be the easiest job ever. I gotta mm. just You just stand there and get photos taken of you. <laughs> I mean, and you've been in front of camera of a lot, Dave. Made a lot of video, you probably do a lot of stills too. But like yep. the time that's spent... You know, first of all, there's someone, people around you touching and prodding and poking mm. from the moment you walk in till the moment you leave. Mm. And then you stand there in front of a camera while 15 people stare at you and, and then like talk about you. And like point at the computer and they're like, oh. So and then I'm so, yeah. And I'm so conscious because I mean, I've been doing, sh- I've been shooting for 10 years with yeah. video and photography. And I, uh, I'm so conscious now um, of, the way we talk behind Absolutely. the, the Thank camera. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Well, yeah, it's, I just notice, and clients are bad at it because they don't um, do they it don't a put lot and in, they don't yeah. get it, they don't understand. But it is so, uh, it's so hard not to do it. And a lot of the time, it's never about the model either. Mm-hmm. It's ne- and, but, but you'll, if the model's standing at, there looking, exactly. you're like, it just, oh, God, it's not really not working. Oh, it doesn't really look that good. Oh, and imagine the confidence level that would drop when you're Absolutely. standing in front of camera. And it's not just the client either. It's It's got a lot to do with the photographer as well. So I've worked with a lot of photographers who um, mute, like they don't give you any feedback whatsoever. And you're just kind of like, am I getting the shot? Are we are just going to keep going? Or like, yep. have we got it? And the clients aren't really saying anything. They're the hardest jobs. Anytime the photographer's like, yep, great, try that, awesome great so much easier and it builds up your confidence for every shot um but it's yeah it's the same with the clients um behind the computer so if any clients or photographers (laughs) are listening like speak up (laughs) it's so much easier when we know what we're doing wrong if there's anything wrong and also be aware of how you are perceived to be looking at things because you're looking critical and it's usually about a piece of clothing or the way the lighting looks or something and it's for you it's about the product you're looking at the screen and going oh yeah or an overall but there's yeah. actually a human element to it. There's a person on the other side of the camera going, okay, am I doing it right? What yeah. am I doing? How am I looking? Yeah. All that kind of thing. You're just purely looking at it as the product point of view, aren't you? And going, okay, well, what's this going to look like? So yeah, don't have this kind of... Kind yeah, of <laughs> yeah, and that happens so much. And yeah, it's it's the product, but it's it's also like as a producer, old creative direction, you're looking yep. at literally mm-hmm. how this is going to work for print and yep. will this fit into a shape that yeah. I need it for or will it go onto a website banner or how are we going to retouch the, you know, the, the text into the background? You're thinking about so many things. So when I'm standing there looking like, you know, with the frown on my face, <laughs> it's usually because I'm like, how am I going to do the next 50 hours of the work that I need yes. with this shot? Yeah. But that can come across as... The person standing in front of me is not doing a good yeah. job, and you really have to be conscious of it. And so, I and I think like the flashes in you know, there's so much, all the pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find it the the most underrated job 
as a model. There's just so much to do. I, I just don't think people get it. <laughs> now I want to get back into um, your story. You mentioned before about going to New York and becoming was an editorial model or a model that you didn't really mm. discover or know what you wanted to do yet. Mm. Was there a moment in time when you were over there and when you come to Australia where you met someone or, or something happened, a situation where you went, no, nah, that's not what I want to do, but now I've discovered exactly what I want to do for the future? Um, so there was a trainer over there <coughs> called Justin. He actually trained a lot of the Victoria's Secret models. So that's kind of how I knew of him and got in touch with him and we started training together. And he was a really good person to have because he was really real with me. You know, he was like, oh, even people like Adriana Lima or all that, they all get told to cut down, cut weight or all have these like super strict things that they have to do before shoots or shows. So he was just kind of showing me the reality of it over there. And I was like, don't know if this is for me. <laughs> like it was really eye opening. So at the start I was like listening and learning and then it got to a point where he could see and he spoke to me and he said, you know, you came into me, this super bubbly, confident, like beautiful girl and um, now you've just looked drained like and you don't have any energy and you don't look excited anymore and like almost every PT session I'd cry. Um, and yeah, so he was like, I think if you were working – because the other thing was I didn't leave Australia because I wasn't working here and like I needed to go search for work. I left because I was working really well here, loving it and wanted to see what else I could do or like there was a few clients I wanted to reach for and goals I wanted to reach for. So that's why I left. So it was kind of like, you know, I could go back and just keep working and I was happy at home like um, I wasn't escaping anything. So he kind of just got me to a point where he was like, you know, I think you need to go back. And when I went back, um, yeah, my personality like slowly came back. I obviously took a few bad habits home with me, which took a few years to get over. But um, All the smoking and the apple. <laughs> <thing>. No, <laughs> never. No, no, no. Not like that. But just like a lot of my bad relationships with food and myself, like they're things that didn't obviously go away overnight. Is there a difference between that being al- uh, not allowed but lack of a different word in america compared to australia the the the, uh, the thought on food and your diet and all that is there any differences that you felt it was easier to come back to australia and do that or was it just more that you were around home and around family and friends and oh definitely the the market's different here um you know like the sample size that um most brands as we were talking about buy is like sample size 10 um which uh, i was fine in um but in America, it, it was just a bit different. It was closer to like a six to an eight. Um, so that was a bit different. But also like the first job, I came home and I think the first job I had back was with Bras and Things, one of my clients for like the last six years. And they were like serving chocolates on set and I was in laundry. And I was like, this is the best, <laughs> you know? Like I just, I missed those kind of clients that just booked you for you and didn't really yep. care. Do I you, love that. Do you think that uh, social social media has changed the way that the modeling industry is 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 working now in terms of how people are booked mm-hmm. and what they need to look like absolutely 100 percent. um in so many ways like as i said before you know there's been times where girls have been booked whether they're models or not models um even talking about myself for their following um i think it's definitely got to a point now where a lot of brands uh, making sure that the people that they're booking as models um kind of aren't just like the look that they're after but they actually represent the brand really well. So like, for example, if you're a really health conscious brand, you wouldn't book a model that was like, you know, complete opposite of that Um, because people actually want to relate to your models. They like want to see someone and then find out who they are and get to know them or they want to see someone that they've already recognised. So um, I think brands are a lot more cautious of that these days. So social media has definitely changed that. Um, 
And then the whole uh, inclusivity thing for sure, but that's a total positive change, definitely. So I think social media is changing it for, for a more positive because, you know, consumers now can have an instant reaction to a campaign going out. They can instantly have their opinion on like, um, which isn't always the greatest thing, but, you know, they can say like, I'm really not comfortable with the fact that there is like you've never used someone of colour or you've never used a curve model, like how am I supposed to relate to your brand or buy your product if I've never seen it on anyone but like a size eight white girl kind of thing. So um, that's been good, I think, that brands are now conscious of that and like working around that. Um, And I think social media has had a massive play with that. We saw it firsthand with uh, one of my brands that I co-founded, which you shot for you the first face for x's nose lingerie yep. um and we we actually we had a photographer in who hadn't worked with before um who's great but he um kind of just went and did his retouching thing like he normally would mm-hmm. and i think he we retouched maybe retouched like your a mole on your My leg mole, out, right yeah. yep. and, and we just copped heat yep because because people were like why are you making her something she's not <laughs> i'm like i didn't even know it happened yeah. like, uh, whoa i didn't even know to just put the photo up yeah, finished and fully. we saw it but we also saw you know that that overnight, you know, we we were we hadn't launched yet, mm. and we'd got we had no follow. Like it's literally mm-hmm. maybe three me and whoever else <laughs> was following, and then three thousand people started following us overnight, um, just from you posting once on set, and we hadn't even launched yet, so no one even knew what it was, <laughs> and it was. But do you find that that has started to happen too, where people know you so well that mm. a brand has to? Uh, be careful not to change you on Absolutely. either in post or change your personality in any way, make it look like you're someone different. Oh, a hundred percent. Like for, for my um, birthmark on my leg is like the biggest thing. People like literally the other day I put up a photo and this was just off my iPhone and my leg was that way. So you couldn't see my birthmark. And I just got all of these comments like, I can't believe you edited your birthmark out. And I was like, <laughs> guys, scroll right. The next one, my leg's out and you can see it. Like as if I would have edited the first one and then not the second one and why would I do that anyway like this my birthmark when I was uh, in primary school and stuff I used to be super insecure about it I used to put band-aids on it so that it, like people didn't ask about it because kids are cruel but now I don't I don't care and I really like it when brands don't care about it either and leave it up because there's girls who have messaged me and it sounds silly to people who might not have birthmarks but there's girls young girls who have messaged me and be like I've got a big birthmark on my leg on my arm that I've always been so um, self-conscious about and I've always wanted to cover it up but like because you have got one and you're showing everyone that you like always have it out has made me feel a lot more comfortable so that's like amazing for me so birthmark is one that stands out to everyone and then my body as well but that doesn't happen anymore I think it was something that used to happen back in the day but as soon as I grew kind of my personality and people really got to know me brands know that they can't they can't change me otherwise as you said they'll get yeah (laughs) well they'll see it on your social channel they'll see what you look like and then they'll see a photo that looks nothing like you Mm. and they'll know now whereas you used to not be able to get away with it but as a as a producer and then also as a brand i love it but for for multiple reasons i think it's great for people not to see things as they really are first yeah. of all just for mental health issues mm. but also cost me a hell of a lot less and i have to <laughs> retouch these images <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, totally. i spend like hours and hours retouching to make someone look like that what they don't look like yeah when we can just put it straight out well just yeah. just on that how how have you gone with been able to cope with people so girls look up to you yeah. massively yeah and a couple of years ago, you were just a girl from Melbourne yeah. and just starting out and being kind of model and all that. And now people are coming to you going, I base my life on this because of what you do or because yeah. of how you portray yourself to us and all that kind of thing. Do you feel that pressure and that responsibility? Oh, 
with people and how do you cope with that? Yeah, absolutely. It's a massive responsibility. And I think the thing that frustrates me though is when girls don't realise the responsibility that they have. Um, there's a lot of people with massive followings who don't take that responsibility seriously. And it's not that I think everyone needs to be you know, this positive influence, you know, everyone can live their life however they want to. And if they have a following, then that's fine too. But I think some people take it for granted or take advantage of it. Um, And I was really easily influenced when I was younger. So I think I just kind of thought back to me as a young girl, if I had Instagram and I could like follow all of these girls that I'd looked up to, I would have probably done anything that they'd said. Like I really would have. So I wanted to make sure that anything I was putting out there and still to this day is um, somewhat a positive influence or, you know, isn't going to harm anyone in any way. Like I still work with brands. I still do sponsored content, but it's, I make sure that it's a brand I believe in and that I love the product um, before I, you know, influence someone to go and buy it. So do you feel like over the years that's just you maturing over uh, over time or so young girls coming in, uh, they'll still be like that until mm. they get mature? Or so before I, before you answer that, looking from an outsider, mm. like I feel like especially social media, the industry has changed a lot mm. in terms of people and humans about just everyone being themselves. Yep. Uh, be you, be who you are. And a lot of pressure from the public opinion is on that, which is great. It's yep. awesome allowing people to be themselves. But is the industry in terms of the model industry and, and companies, are they keeping up to date? with that change or is it more is there a sort of kind of a divide um, whereas yeah people and, and social media are at sort of one end and and companies are at the other I think um, I think definitely it's changing I mean I even the other day I scrolled back down to my the start of my account it took me a long time but I got there and um, the stuff that I used to post is very different to the stuff I post now not just um, general posting but the way I used to do sponsored posts and all that sort of stuff was very different um, so I think you know, brands are catching on to the point that consumers are smart and they know when they're being sold something and they're okay with it because it's a marketing platform. But as long as it's done in a kind of natural or organic way, people are going to respond better to it. With the sponsored posts, do you get feedback on those? Like, because this is an interesting topic that that people um, probably know about but don't necessarily get an insight into that often. Mm. Uh, you get paid off sometimes to mm-hmm. post uh, for a brand mm-hmm. and a product. Mm-hmm. Um, so does, do the outcomes of those get fed back to you sometimes? Like um, how they go? I feel like it's gotten better because people just understand it a bit more now. Like it is a form of marketing. If you're a brand and you're sending a product and paying someone to post, um, sometimes that's going to get more engagement and more of an outcome than if you were to get a billboard or pay for a magazine, um, uh, Jesus, I've gone blank, magazine spread, um, all that sort of stuff. So I think people need to understand that um, Instagram is, as much as it is, you know, people's real lives and they're sharing whatever they want, it still is a platform where brands want to market. So if a brand comes to me that I already know of or that I like or they've sent the product and I've enjoyed it and then they offered to pay me to promote it, like why wouldn't I do that really? Because Often if I put up an outfit, say I took a photo of my outfit today and I didn't put any tags or I didn't, you know, it wasn't getting paid by anyone and I didn't put any tags up, I would get DMs asking where everything was from anyway. So it's it's just one of those things. It's like, do do you want me to share it or not? And I, and I still share things for free. Like I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to tag a brand if they haven't paid me for it. Um, but I mean, there's a lot out there that will say that. But it's just more about like we at the same time, I don't want to flood every page I mean every picture is tagged content and everything yeah. like that so I for me I had to rein it in a little bit and just make sure that um I mean I'm an ambassador or the face of a few different brands so they are my main focus and anything outside of that will be very 
random as in like sporadic or um you know probably it's probably only like once every two months that I actually post for something outside of those things and when you run your own businesses as well it's like I want my main focus to be on those kind of things um so it's definitely changed for me over time but again if I get a brand brand coming to me with a product that I love and they want to work with me then I'm going to do it so because you're running your own business now you'll see the direct outcome of those things absolutely so so has it surprised you of how much influence <laughs> you actually have had for like direct purchase like someone's i've yeah. posted that that dress and now this many people have bought it yeah it's it's cool <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's weird it's a weird feeling um but that is when when i started my businesses and i saw that kind of engagement that is when i really was like okay i can't work with anyone that i don't like half love you know i've got to love everything that i promote because i saw that um, so I think that really helped. Having my own brand has has helped me kind of respect, I suppose, the consumers a lot more. So have you thought about where social media can go? Because five, six, seven years ago, no one really thought that this space was mm. – and then some entrepreneur and innovative come in and, and decided that this is the next thing, it's mm. going to happen. Do you, do you see where social media is going? I mean, you're pretty interactive with your fans <laughs> and there's a lot of different platforms now trying to become even more with video, direct video mm. messages and all that. Do you see where social media can go in the future with brands like this and you, and models and influencers like yourself? I really don't know. Um, I think Instagram will be, you know, everyone talks about it just ending one day like MySpace did. Or what, I mean, MySpace is still there, but, you know, <laughs> not everyone's on it still anymore. Still active, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where Tom is. I'm sure he- <laughs> I really hope my account is not active still. Um, but um, I think it'll be around for a while. Yes, things are going to change on it. Like, for example, the new no likes thing that they're testing out. Um, whether or not they're doing that for the right reasons, I don't know. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I... I'm happy about it from a mental health point of view, definitely happy about it. And I can um, imagine how it's going to really help a lot of people. But I reckon it, Michelle and Zara from Shameless, they've spoken about this and I really agreed with what they said. I reckon it's almost Instagram has done it um, from a business point of view. They're kind of sick of everyone else making money off their platform. So once they take away likes, engagement and all that sort of stuff, brands will start paying Instagram for ads instead of influencers. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Mm. Uh, to a to an extent, except for the fact that the likes kind of were the least meaningful part of yeah, to- uh, for I, that for a brand. Yeah. Um, I also think that from the mental point of view, it's great if people stop caring about the likes. Mm. But I feel like it's not the actual issue. I oh, feel like sure. the people's insecurities, like we've spoken about yeah. already, and their appearance and, and comparing themselves is the issue, not yeah. how many likes I get. Now they've cut out one aspect. It's probably potentially going to just roll to the next. Hopefully, it doesn't. But I, I would suggest that it will so for me in my eyes as a as a brand as a as a producer with the works with clients Mm. and then as a user i don't i I don't think it's going to do much like in my eyes i don't know um i've seen i reckon and i've spoken to a few friends about this engagement's definitely dropped since it's happened because i think people are feeling like well they don't need a like anymore so Mm. things like that (coughs) but yeah i don't know it's hard to tell what's going to happen with it um until it happens i hope that instagram becomes more of a place of where it started where you Mm. just kind of posted whatever if someone wanted to follow you then they followed you and you didn't feel the pressure to (coughs) post a certain way or post something in particular um i've been really lucky in that from the beginning i've kind of always posted whatever um i've got people following me for modeling and then i got people following me for fitness um food and then just my life like family and dogs and stuff like that (laughs) so um 
it's easier for me because I can still post a number of different stuff. But, you know, I've got a few friends who are fashion bloggers and all that sort of stuff and they know that if they put up a photo um, of them that wasn't perfectly, like, pretty and um, all that sort of stuff, that's not what people follow them for. So it wouldn't – yeah. And mm. But people do still care about engagement. That's the thing. So yeah. maybe the no likes thing is going to help in some way. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, hopefully. In, um, it, let's talk about fame for a minute. Okay. Because, that's because okay. Uh, it, uh, Instagram – you you have 1.4 million people <laughs> that follow you and mm. and that that's crazy amount of people because if you think about uh how you can reach that many people any other way mm. it's either by spending a lot of money on ads mm-hmm. um on a tv show like a tv mm. show might get that yep. 1.4 million but in australia like what's getting that like mm. the the not many not many Very like master chef final or something i don't even think they get that many <laughs> you know so there's a lot of people when you think about it like let's put 1.4 million people in a room <laughs> they don't fit it yeah, um, i like to think about that <laughs> <laughs> so uh was there a moment in time when you said oh People know who I am. Like I'm famous. <clears throat> I would never say that I'm famous. Um, I just don't. I I'm still, as you said before, I'm I'm Steph from Melbourne. I don't like. I and still, some of my friends are like, "This is the weirdest thing ever." Um, if people come up and get a photo with me or say hello when I'm at a cafe or something, they're still like, <laughs> "Just can't get over this." Um, but I think for me, when I kind of realised that the following when I kind of put faces to the numbers, because, you know, for so long I just saw it as a number and I didn't really think about it. Um, When I was living in New York, so I probably had around 300,000, I'm guessing, around that point. Um, And I was only 20 and there was a day when I was walking around and five people um, bumped into me and they were all from different countries just in New York for holidays. So there was like someone from Mexico um, someone from France, you know, all these different um, places. And they were like, oh, my God, like, you're so close to And, like, let's get a photo. And I was in New York thinking, like, no one's going to know who I am here. And that's that was before you could look where your followers were from. Right. And I was like, what? This is weird. I would have thought it was all from Melbourne. <laughs> what about <laughs> what about the moment when you had a song written with, with oh, your with name? Oh, <laughs> Flip's amazing. She's such a legend. She actually messaged me before that song came out and was like just flagging this with you, letting you know what's happening. Um, We've got a pretty cool clip here that is a bunch of the cities that she oh. played in with <laughs> the crowd screaming your name. Let's, let's hear it. It's, oh, my God. Yeah, that's fun to listen to. Not everyone's got a song written about him in this room. So, (laughs) well, um, yeah, it was it was flattering. I mean, when she messaged me, um, I'm not a Triple J listener. My um, boyfriend is, and a lot of my friends are, but I'm not. So I think I'd heard of her, but I I didn't really know much. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, that's fine. I'm totally fine with it. And then when it came out, and it went really well for her and like it was all over Triple J. I was like, this is weird. And I was getting hundreds of messages a day from people being like, did you know you're in in this song? Did you know that your name is in this? Did you know that Jim? <laughs> and um, that's when I was like, whoa, this is weird. And I remember when she put that, what you just played together. That was so weird to listen to. I went to one of her gigs when she came to Melbourne um, in Richmond 
And that was really weird being in the room for that song. But <laughs> it's cool. She's did other people know that you were there? Like, could you, could oh, yeah. In the crowd though, yep. as in like, were they going, there, there she is right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was being filmed. I was oh. being filmed. So I don't even know. I think it was annoying because I kind of wanted to be there for that moment of the first line. And I had all these like torches in my face. So I was kind of like, oh, this is just, uh. hello. Because <laughs> I wasn't exactly going to sing along. <laughs> <laughs> now, with people doing that to you, yeah. is there any famous people that you still meet or have met in the past where you still get that feeling towards them, um, or anyone that follows you on Instagram that you at that moment you went, oh, geez, like this, this person actually follows me because uh, you've travelled a lot around yeah. the world, so yeah. you've, you would have met yeah, a fair have. few people, especially in America or, or yes. Europe or anything like that. Yeah, when I was living in America, I met so many people um, that were really famous or people that I'd looked up to and there was so many of those moments where I was like, oh my God. Like, for example, as a model, I looked up to a lot of the Victoria's Secret angels and one day I was in the gym and four of them walked in and we were doing a class together and I was just like literally stunned the whole class. Um, and then I, you know, met quite a few um, really famous people. But I think when I got to know, there was one in particular that I got to know um, quite well and when I got to know her and realised that she was completely normal, just a totally normal girl that this had happened to, you know, that she was totally famous, but she was so normal. I realised that um, we're all kind of the same, you know, whether you have two followers or two million followers or 20 million followers, you're all the same. Um, it's just your life and for some reason there's a lot more people following it. Um, so I don't like to get – I mean, I have a different feeling now. I'll see a famous person I can still get excited or, like, appreciate it, but um, it's a bit of a different feeling now, I think because I just – I recognise them now as someone who's done really well, but they're just a normal person. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of that amount of followers, I've got a game for you. Have you? Yes. We've got a little <laughs> game. We want to play more or less than 1.4 million. So you have to guess oh, no. if this person has more. So you have 1.4 million followers. You get guess if these people have more or less than 1.4 million. All right. I don't know. Dave can have you say too. I haven't shown you many of these. So. I don't look at that. <laughs> all right. First of all, John Travolta, more or less than 1.4 million. Pretty famous. Oh, I would say more. But he's old. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say so he wouldn't have many Instagram followers. More, 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 more. Yeah, this is a trick one. He's 100%. exactly 1.4 million followers. Really? Well. So you have the same amount of followers as John Travolta. Wow. Uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum. You've gone with the old again here. Yeah. yeah okay. Way before Instagram's time. Yeah, I don't think so. I Jurassic less. Park was out even before. Less, less. than 1.4. 1.8. Damn. Uh, Brand from Game of Thrones. Are you Game of Thrones I don't fans? Watch Game of Thrones. Uh, okay. okay. All right. Okay. Well, let's say like Amelia Clark or okay. Kid Harrington, who are massive. Yeah. I think they have like 100 million or 30 million for mm -hmm. a lot of it. So, Brand from, he was one of the characters. Well, if you don't, he's one know, of the major characters. So, did he walk through like a set or is he like a main He's the dude in the. Walking's a bit of a. He's the dude in the. He can't walk. He didn't walk. He can't walk. He's in a wheelchair in the show. Oh, Jesus. That was the character. That's all. Um. More 1.2 million, which I found that interesting. Ah, you don't even know what it is, but yeah. I think that's massive. I think a lot of people jumped off brand in season six, they seven, eight. So, <laughs> yeah, like all right, what about the Wiggles? Oh, more 95,000 followers. The Wiggles have really, yeah, I guess, all of their fans oh, <laughs> don't, yeah, don't know how to hold a phone. Do not have Instagram. <laughs> that makes sense. I just would have thought that like a lot of kids out there, their parents who have Instagram would follow yeah, it that's, and then just hand them that's phone. what I thought. I don't know. Um, okay, two more, okay. Kylie Minogue. More. 1.9. Yeah. Ooh, just yeah. a little just. bit. Just. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. More. Only 1 million followers. Really? 
Really? Do you have more followers than Jet? Yeah, and I must admit, I chose ones that were famous, but probably a little bit older. So yeah, outside yeah. Of their range. Yeah, not once many. I went lower, like in the real super like megastar US no 20 or, Oh, maybe Brand was the only Brand. Yeah, really <laughs> yeah you Brand didn't really choose um, there you Now go. I've, there you I've go. got a quiz oh, of my yay. own, Steph. No. All right. So we spoke about it at the start of the show. You're a massive Essendon fan. Oh, well, your dad no. is. <laughs> your dad's a massive Essendon fan. Can you not do this? So it now? runs in the family. Oh, We're no. going to do it. All right. No, so we got five questions. I'm going to get them all wrong. I'm telling you this now. Yeah, Daniel can help. You can give clues away. All right. So first question, how many premierships has the footy Don't, club won? Don't, see, see, I wouldn't even know. Wouldn't uh, even know. I'll give you a probably clue. most of them were before it's I was it's born. The same, it's the same <laughs> as the greatest club in the AFL. Same as Carlton. Oh, you, you admit it. Thank you. Yes. I honestly, I don't know. It's more than now you've been, you, you've been to a couple of games, haven't you? Been, have you been in the rooms before? Uh, Post game, yes. right? Yeah. So you do know a little bit about the footy club. Yeah, a little bit, but someone not who the comes in the history. rooms after the games cannot not know how many premierships we've won. It's interesting to see you guys warm up and then. <laughs> <laughs> so well, the answer was sixteen. Right? I said double digits. Double at least. Digits. Yeah, like, yeah, I knew that. Right. I thought it was fifteen, to be honest. So now, who do we last beat in our winning grand final? So our last winning grand final, who did we beat? Out. What was that? You were a kid back then. Year 2000. Who do we beat in the grand final? Yeah, but I I didn't. I was very on and off with watching footy when I was a kid. Your old man will not be happy about this. He will not. Um, I'm. This is embarrassing. They're they're a Victorian team. Dad, I'm really sorry. They're a Melbourne team. (laughs) Is that Melbourne? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, correct. (laughs) Correct. Well done. I was literally dreading this. I was like, I bet you he's gonna ask me (laughs) questions. And would he please still let me come to the (laughs) video? Well, this might be a tough one then. Oh Jesus. Who won the best and fairest last year? I don't know. (laughs) I don't watch that. I'm sorry. I watch the games. I don't watch the <laughs> other stuff. I don't. No. I'm so no. sorry. Okay, well, Devin Smith okay. is the answer. All right. It, it wasn't, go Smith. It, it wasn't Dave, so wasn't that would have been no, embarrassing. No, no, no. That would have been, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Now, a big favourite of yours, a big fan of yours, actually, and he'll, he won't like, won't like me saying this, but a big fan of yours. Who wears number nine at Essendon Footy Club? <laughs> He's new. He's new. Uh, Matt? No, he's, he's new. No. Oh. And I know who you meant by then when you said Matt, but I know it's not him. <laughs> I just thought of someone new. <laughs> um, I don't know anyone's numbers. <laughs> he's a recruit from another club. <laughs> oh, no. Have you watched the game this year? Yes. He's very quick. I don't like. Very quick. Left footer. Left footer. I yeah. don't know these things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. Dylan Shield is okay. his name. Dylan do you know Dylan Shield? I'm so sorry, Dylan. Do you, no. do you know? Oh, you don't know Dylan no. Shield? Okay. Oh, right. no. Get around, Dylan. Yes. Oh, That's right. I'm going to cut that out and just show oh, him that you well, do not I, know Dylan Shield. Of course Shield. I know. Yeah. Yes, great. Brilliant. <laughs> GWS. Right. What a gun. One I'm more. I'm so sorry. That was pathetic. One oh, no, more. And I no. hope you get this question. No. <laughs> Who are we playing this weekend? Port Adelaide. There we go. Hey. Hey. Where's it at? Marvel. Hey. Hey. Do you have an applause sound effect? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least there's one. Yes. So you know the fixture. You know the fixture. You just don't know the players. Mate, I walked in and I was like, oh, you know, you won a you won a point over Collingwood like five years ago, and you're like, that was ten years ago. Obviously, I'm not very good with the history. <laughs> no, no. So, all right, I think there was maybe two two correct there. Yeah, that's all right. Which is okay fine. There. I'm is really fine. sorry about that. Perfect. Um, before <laughs> we let you go, uh, I just want to. So, t- if you look back, twenty year old Steph Glenn Smith, or yep. any younger girl out there that's listened to this, or I mean, you're probably giving out a lot of a lot of advice. But is there anything that you would have loved to have heard or now that you can give to people um, in their budding budding careers? I think the hardest thing um, 
comparing yourself to others. Um, I feel like a broken record talking about it, but I think it's honestly the thing that of, of all ages, whether you're young or old or whether you're doing it in your career or your looks or anything like that, it's the worst thing to fall into. It's the worst trap to fall into because you're never going to better yourself if you're constantly comparing yourself to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's in yeah your career or the way you want to look or live your life or whatever, you, just, you have to just do the best that you can do and um, yeah, only... Compete against yourself, no one else. So you've, awesome. bu- you've built an empire now. <laughs> do, you, do you call it an empire yet? <laughs> um, I, I think so. Uh, with, with Keep It Cleaner, you, Soda Shades with Josh mm-hmm. um, and Midnight Co. Yeah. And so Keep It Cleaner in particular, yep. like y- you, you could be considered a tech company in a way because yep. you, you built that up, right? You mm-hmm. Like you guys built that up. Um, I, I started – my second business when I was 21 mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't take me seriously for a long time because I was so young. Oh, yeah. Do you find that coming from being a model and yep. an influencer that you've found that people don't take you seriously as a business person? Yeah, 100%. Both Laura and I um, have been outspoken about this in the past. Um, my business partner, Laura. Um, we, we're we over it now. We don't really care um, what people think and we know how hard we work Um and we appreciate each other and we're there for each other. So it's not, it doesn't really matter to us anymore. But for a long time, it really bothered us. You know, if, if people would write, uh, write um, about us or would have like an interview with us and would just kind of um, be like influencers or models and they wouldn't ever use the word businesswomen or entrepreneurs or anything like that, that really bothered us because we're like <laughs> day to day, we're working, we're in an office managing a team like – that's our day to day. So it's it's hard when people think that we're just kind of like the shining smiley faces at the front who do mm. nothing in the background because um, we work really hard. Um, but I think we know that. So we've learned that it doesn't really matter what other people think and to not focus on that. Yeah, awesome. Mm. Um, but in saying that, there what that there's a lot that you could probably attribute to your success on social and your Instagram following. Mm. Do you look at that and go, well, from Keep It Cleaner, for instance, mm-hmm. I can attribute that from my Instagram followers and thank them for that? Is that what you look at? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we both know how fortunate we've been um, to be in the position. Uh, Keep It Cleaner wouldn't have been where it is today um, without having that, uh, I suppose, backing or following um, and support for sure. Um, But, you know, the product's never going to go well, um, no matter how much it's pushed, if it's a bad product. So um, we work really hard to constantly make it better every day. And you've got products in Coles. Yeah, physical products, physical yeah. Physical products in Coles. Like, like unreal. Like it's, it's growing massive. I was going to bring you some. <laughs> and I forgot. Damn, Damn freebies. <laughs> no, we, all, we like to <laughs> freebies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's what's next for, for the business and for you? Um, and, and then where, and where do people find you? Where, do, where can people, apart from the 1.4, yeah. if you're not one of the 1.4, <laughs> where else can we find you? Um, okay, so what's up next? We, um, as I said, we're constantly learning and um, getting feedback from our girls and, and wanting to make everything better. Um, and that goes for everything, whether that's Soda Kick or Midnight. Um, with Keep It Cleaner, we've got a real focus on growing out globally. Um, we've got girls who are subscribed to the program all over the world and we want to um, be able to meet them and um, do stuff with them and to spend some time over there. So I think next year we'll probably be doing a lot of that. Um, but yeah, we're just kind of going with the flow and seeing what happens. The industry we're in is constantly changing. Um, but our message has always been the same and our values have always been the same. So as long as we stick by them and 
yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to say because if you asked me this question three or four years ago or when we released the ebook, there's no way I would have thought it would be where it is today. Um, so, yeah, we've just been really good at kind of taking opportunity as it comes and working really hard to get more of them. Um, and if you want to find out anything about Keeper Cleaner, there's our website, keepercleaner.com.au. Got Keeper Cleaner on Instagram and on Facebook and then Soda Shades and Midnight Co. Link to all of them. Sorry. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming in, Steph. It's Thanks, been awesome guys. to have you. I'm so sorry about this. You can come to a game. I'll, I was going to say this is going to make me. Oh, I'm, I have to admit, I'm one of those fans that um, I'm very proud and like will be very loud in the stands. My dad's taught me well, but I just don't know the facts. Are, the, are you planning on coming to a game in the next four weeks? I think we have. Three I'm coming to the Collingwood match. Coming to the Collingwood yeah. match. Okay, around 23. Yeah. All right. All right, we'll good organize we'll, something. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll have you in the rooms after that quiz. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> we're gonna do uh, if and uh, we're, we're keeping a lid on it apparently, according to Dave. But if the guys make finals, we're gonna potentially do a, a pod while he's playing a podcast while he's playing. Oh, cool! So we'll let you know. I don't even come know along. about that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I reckon yeah, cool. that's what we're gonna roll out. Cool. So um, thank you again Thanks. for coming in. Great thank to you. see you. Thanks. Well, mate, that was uh, that was a very very insightful chat awesome. uh, with Steph. She was awesome, great insight, telling us some stories about early life and just starting out in the industry, going over to New York, and obviously found out a lot of uh, a lot of time truths about just the industry, how hard it is, and uh, different types of the people in there and the expectation and stuff. And yeah, it's so cutthroat. It's massively cutthroat, and uh, just loved her insight into social media and talking about brands and and yourself had a lot of insight in in that industry obviously because you work in that so um it was a it was a great chat yeah i think it's cool to see someone who's got through all of that stuff as a young girl and then now i mean i think she's only 25 so like yep. to see the maturity levels of someone who's gone through all of how cutthroat that industry is and how unfair it can be and to now get past all of that not really care about what anyone really thinks yep. of her and then build businesses on top of it um it's pretty cool pretty cool thing to see the thing that really stuck out for me was uh her advice at the end just to to be yourself do not compare yourself to anyone else you are you are an individual uh go out there and have confidence in yourself um do what you do best and, and just be yourself and that was a great piece of advice for everyone that i think i think most people do try and live that every day it's hard not to get caught up in expectations or outside noise and, and people around you but just if you keep listening to people like Steph, that just be yourself have confidence in yourself and who you are and i think that's a great uh, on look uh, on life yeah, awesome. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. And if you're tuning in just to hear Steph, thanks for joining us for the yes. first time. Um, and listen in, we've got so many more awesome guests coming up, uh, business people, uh, famous people, some more athletes. Do you uh, want to drop who we've got or not? <sighs> yeah, all right, let's do it. All right, in two weeks' time. Yep. Um, so it will be two weeks from when this drops. Yep. We have Gary Vaynerchuk coming in and explain who that is to the people gary v as he's known yep. is a now we talked about steph as a business mogul yep this guy is the business mogul of america so he started a business with his dad um or sorry he started working with his dad's business took it from a few million dollar uh, liquor store to a 60 million dollar liquor, liquor store uh, online was the first person to bring wine online uh is now a massive marketing genius expert has about 12 different companies millionaire 
um, investor in Mate, I'm, Instagram, Facebook. And, uh, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make it for that one. So I'm very I know, disappointed. I know uh, you're not going to be in for it. So uh, it's going to be shattering, but we're going to have um, someone coming in, which we'll announce soon as well to replace you. Awesome. <laughs> just for the That'll day, mate. Just Thank for the you. day. Just for the day. Um, yeah. Not take my job. No. And yeah, 6.8 million followers or something on Instagram. Yeah. So we've gone from 1.4 million to 6.8. Yeah. Uh, we're just climbing. I don't know we where to go from here. setting ourselves. <laughs> LeBron, if you're listening, you want to, I think he's got 30 <laughs> or 50 million followers so we're only climbing so uh, that'll be good uh, and uh, very much looking forward to, to listening to that but we've got a lot of a uh, lot of great guests coming up so keep listening in keep tuning in uh, as, again if you've got any feedback or uh, any questions you want to throw at our guests uh, you've got us at the pros and the cons on Instagram DM us uh, in that and or, or give us some feedback on iTunes or, or Spotify so or any platform you listen to the podcast on so thank you again guys and Daniel have a great week you too mate give us a subscribe and a rating and follow on uh, on iTunes and mate have a good week and we'll see you next week thank you cheers guys cheers, cheers.